Hello, and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. At least one thing I tell you today will be a lie. The fastest growing conservative evangelical charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. That's not the lie. No, it really is. What? Hey. Oh, sorry. Just thunked my phone. Mind the noise floor, sorry. darling. Sorry. The listener uh, will be very I don't upset. think, I think this needs to go up a bit. Your can own you thing. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, oh, okay. All right, great. good. Never mind. I think a stink bug landed on my um, plosive filter. It's, it's really smelly. That's Chris Khan's fault. That's the lie. That's, that is the lie. <laughs> there it is. Uh, ben and Kat and I are here. There's a sort of yeah. post-Easter silliness to us, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're going to get really serious. As opposed to the really serious, <laughs> usual, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, really professional you put together. <laughs> Profound. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no. Expect a, expect a step down in quality today, everyone. Yeah. Lower your expectations. Yeah. As you Otherwise. do every time you turn this podcast on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just to make people feel good about whatever it is they produce. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be looking at Romans 12 in a moment, but, mm. but first we've got Luke 4. And Luke 4 is going to be, I think, I think that's the gospel reading every single week of this series. The series is called Six More Lies of Satan and Why We Still Believe Them. And so the why more? Why six more? Because we did we did six last year. Ah, uh, yes. Uh and it was it was a good series. Um and there actually there are so many lies. But um this all all kind of started a few weeks ago, Ben, I think when you'd chosen this actual gospel passage to be read in the previous series on the cross. Mm-hmm. And it's the temptation of Jesus and there's all these lies going on. But you also see how Christ combat the lies in this uh, passage yeah. uh, one thing that like struck me that maybe be worth talking about is like why are we talking about satan <laughs> like shouldn't we right uh you know how is it helpful to what what is helpful about talking about the enemy and talking about lies um i obviously believe that it is helpful but i just want to be uh devil's advocate oh. <laughs> for oh, a second whoa 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 but um bum oh this is what i choose for you there you go. thank you i no appreciate worries. that uh, is that my like choice well, it wasn't funny no oh oh okay yeah he was i think it was a it was a dig we were going it was pretty meta um that's oh, yeah, I there it is. You go with. Yeah. Okay, well, hard choice. So uh, So why? 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 Well, why do militaries use satellites? You know, they want to see what the enemy's doing. And I think uh-huh. this this is about revealing some of the tricks of Satan and also some of the ways in which Christ combats those lies. Mm. Uh, so that's that's a good enough reason I think. But you're right. I th- we don't want to glorify Satan and that's always a risk with something like this. That, yeah, you know, we give him too much attention. Yeah, but but in a way we're like, I think it's it's good for us to uh, adopt a. I've heard this has been overused sometimes, but a wartime mentality mm-hmm. to recognize that in fact there is a war mm. um, undergirding going on in this world, and it's not between uh, the uh, Republicans and the Democrats or the Russians and. 
uh, the rest of the world or, <laughs> or really anything like that. It's, it's actually a spiritual war that's a much deeper and more serious matter than mm-hmm. any of this stuff. Mm. And mm-hmm. and I think we need to target to the real enemy. Like uh, yeah. we we so often target our spouse or mm. our coworkers or ourselves mm. when if we know the 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 tactics of the real enemy. Yeah, we what can more you? easily deal with him because it's not hard actually. If well, as we'll find from mm. what we learned today about what Jesus does, but I think putting our finger on it makes all the difference in how we approach each and every situation. Right. When we realize that he's whispering to both of us, yeah. giving false information to yeah. both sides. When we think we're in the room sides. alone with our spouse and we're angry at them, actually we can identify that there's mm. another person in the room. Mm-hmm. So. And we've, we've heard that, haven't we? We've heard that Absolutely. when we've, we've had arguments and, oh. and both heard the same thing. Yeah. So heard the same lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And same. then, and then one of us, uses the line Mm -hmm. and and the other one goes hang on a minute that's my line that's That's what i've been hearing yeah and then we realize oh okay okay yeah something else is going on there's some there's someone there with a vested interest in trashing our marriage yeah and and i think it is a uh this is this is something that like people who are like non-christian people are going to find it odd to even Mm -hmm. recognize that um that there's actually a a supernatural being uh, that is lower than God, but but is actually like there's actually an active personality that's right. hostile to God that has um, that is somehow employing um, some kind of warfare front um, mm. and and is actively seeking to prey upon the weak spots of God's people to bring destruction and mm-hmm. chaos. Absolutely, um, and is 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 powerful and is smart. And effective, limited and defeated, yeah, and yet incredibly sophisticated mm-hmm. and and skilled, better than we are, yeah. His his lies. Oh, he certainly knows the Bible better than we do, for the most for the most part in terms of well, Christians in a sense around the world. I think he knows more about God than he knows we do. About, more about God, he but he doesn't God. know God as well as we do. Doesn't know him at all. <laughs> like there's yeah. a different. It's like the um, in Spanish they have a good difference between this there's like uh saber and conocer saber is like uh i i know something like intellectually i know a fact and then Mm. uh conocer is like um i am uh familiar with Mm -hmm. right Right. i have a relationship with the person right um and i think that's that's a crucial distinction yeah Um, the the devil knows the the scriptures but does Mm. not have the have spiritual insight within the scriptures because he's an enemy of God. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit, which gives us the ability uh, to yeah, yeah. have the wisdom and the relational aspect of our spirit, you know, com- communing with the spirit within right. the Bible and giving us wisdom and insight into the person of Jesus Christ. So That's why in this passage we see the devil use doing such garbage exegesis. Yeah. Uh, like such poor usage of the Bible mm-hmm. uh, to try yeah. to trip Jesus up. Doesn't work. We're in Luke 4, or 1 to 11. Let's read it quickly and then we'll talk about it. This, this passage here is going to be every single week. And we've identified six lies actually from it. In fact, we identified more than six. Yeah. But we've chosen six lies from this passage. Though the devil only really says three things. Mm. And um, we'll look at that and then we'll turn to Romans 12. Who will read for us? 
I'll He's do pointing it. to himself. Oh. Uh, I was doing those goes, but that's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'd love to read. I'll take. I would love to read the scripture, Kat. Oh, well done, um, Pastor Ben. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Luke four verse one, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned mm-hmm. from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Understatement of the year. Uh, Verse 3, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he, the devil, took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. See, garbage exegesis. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. So this lie is called, Let me educate you. Mm. And here's Satan saying, Let me become your teacher. And the tactic is that he, he seeks to undermine our trust in God by telling us, first of all, a version of what God says. So first of all, he's, he's sort of setting up like a straw man, yeah. uh, a kind of hint or quote or misquote or misuse of an idea from Scripture, uh, followed by then attacking the thing that actually is, is untrue, uh-huh. uh, which he did in the garden all the way back at the beginning, that first lie. Did God really say? It's kind of clever. Yeah. Um, and we have, I think, lots of educators in our life. Uh, lots of people who purport to tell us how it really is. And whether it's actual people we know or whether it's, um, you know, sites, websites and news or or experts or whatever, we have all sorts of people who, who kind of try to shape our understanding of the world and, and our understanding of our faith and ourselves and our families. And, and what they're giving us is actually not true. Mm. It's just like in the Garden of Eden, right? When right. the devil says uh, to the woman, like, uh, did God really say you can't uh, eat of any of the fruit of the mm. tree? And she's like, or touch it. Um, yeah, 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 that's and, the actual added thing. And uh, it's like, God never said you can't touch the, the fruit. Right. He just said, don't eat the fruit. Right. Um, but it's like, the laws made more. And when she saw that it was durable. good to eat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was never about whether it was tasty or right. whether it was healthy or nutritious or any of those things. Uh, it was yeah. never about that. Right. Yeah. But like, well, you know, it looks looks like it might be okay to eat. Yeah. Well, God's problem was never... That it wasn't... Okay to eat. Yeah. 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 Uh, interesting. So here we go. Um, I, I think probably the the point to start here is, is verse 10. Mm-hmm. So... Because uh, here he is, you know, for it is written. Here we go. So he's citing or quoting his his evidence as he starts. Yeah. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. That's from the Psalms, right? Is that correct? 
Yep. I, uh, let's see if we can find a cross reference. Do we? Is it? Is it the cross reference for the day? Is it Psalm twenty five? That'd be awesome. Uh, let's see. But um, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. I have one of these old fashioned technology things. Is it where is they it have the a bunch of pieces of paper? Yeah. Together. A no, co- it's, it's a probably it is. It is possibly Psalm ninety one actually that he that he quotes. Uh, I think it's Psalm ninety one. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so Psalm ninety one uh, on my computer, which is quite quick. Yeah, I know, faster than mine. Faster than paper. Says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Ah. And so, yep, Satan's definitely quoting scripture at him somewhat well. Uh, But what's the setup? The setup is here. He took him to Jerusalem, verse 9, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, we'll come back to that whole question later in the series, Throw yourself down from here. So let's do, let's do a kind of weird challenge, basically. Mm. Just hurl yourself off a tall building, and then we'll then we'll see. You know, we'll see if God can. It really is God. If you're really the Son of God, if God's really good, then then this will come to nothing. You'll be fine. We'll kind of have like a proof test thing. It's a perfectly logical, internally coherent argument, mm. right? Yeah, right. unless you know Who? more. Who, in, unless you know who's behind the whole of the argument and unless you know all of the arguments yourself. So people can quote scripture at us and it can be out of context. And unless oh we as Christ followers know the word and mm. also know the giver of the word, we aren't going to understand the context. And so, you know, mm. you can say, oh, God's going to work all things for good. But... Unless, which is a horrible thing to receive when, when you've had a tragedy. Thing. Right. Has, have you ever had someone like pull you aside or like come af- after church or something like that and just like download this like massive lecture on like on things and like tell you all their like this very carefully thought through perfectly internally logical yeah. argument mm-hmm. for some crazy thing theory in yeah. the, from the theory from the Bible like mm-hmm. and you're like. Okay, first off, I can't get an ed- a word in edgewise uh, yeah. talking to you, so that's red flag number one. Uh, but second off, like uh, this, <laughs> I can't put my finger on it yet, but this sounds crazy, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of feel like that's sort of as what Satan is almost doing. And and if they start the conversation and bring it around to the subject, so it doesn't occur organically. But they came, they came ready to share this piece of yeah. information with you, <laughs> whatever the subject was. I get that. This I was coming out. I've had a lot of those, I think. I'm sure you have too. Oh, we all have. Um, yeah, and, and so there's a difference, I think, between Christians exploring questions of faith and, you know, what do you think about this? And, um, you know, I've been reading that. There's a difference between kind of exploring our faith out loud with each other and, I guess, becoming an educator uh, where, where you, you can't be reasoned with, and you've come with the sole intention of telling everybody how bright you are and also uh, what they need to think. There's a big difference, I think. Right. I mean, Satan isn't mm. saying to Jesus, let's do a genuine Bible study together to figure out this arc of soteriology and how you fit into God's salvation plan. That isn't the spirit of this conversation. Right. Yeah, he's got an axe to grind. Right. Um and he's he's kind of casting doubt on it. I've also mm-hmm. seen this um, kind of this general suspicion about whether you can actually understand what the Bible's really saying mm-hmm. amid misquotes. Uh, I've seen right. that be per- paralyzing 
Like I have, I have a, a dear friend who like basically said, listen, I don't, I don't even trust myself just reading the Bible right? because I'm so prone, like I'll fall into error. So I, all I'm, I'm only going to read like what other people trusted historical sources say about it. And, and how I'm does one like, choose who to trust? That's the issue. Yeah, exactly. But again, that's not, that's not understanding the, the whole counsel of scripture not being as the Bereans and seeing if it is so because the whole counsel of scripture will tell us to study to that God will give us the wisdom we yeah. need if we ask he gives us what we need through his spirit yeah. to understand the mind like who can understand the mind of Christ it says well he gives us that ability through his spirit when we seek him to find him and so there is something to knowing and understanding the whole counsel of scripture in order to to put one piece of it into an, a, a sort of theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think it's a great launching off point to our other text, actually. Yeah. So Romans 12. Yeah. I did that on purpose. You did? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I'm looking I figured ahead. You did. <laughs> I'll read it because I can find it more quickly with my modern technology. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm -hmm. So there's Romans 12. Yeah. So good. Um, I I think that we have the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not just that you have... Uh, like we're all like uh, able at any at any moment to get it right and free from error, but actually it seems like there's a process of formation um, that that God gives to us and that mm. Paul commends us to walk in, and almost by by walking with your rabbi with with Jesus, uh, with studying uh, in community. Um, your mind is transformed. Your gut reactions, your mm-hmm. your ways of un- your sinful ways of understanding things, your tendency mm. to twist is transformed gradually. It's metamorphosed. I think it's metamorphized. Oh yeah, I believe is the word there. Um, and uh, and then we're able. That is how we're able to discern. It's by being transformed beings. Yeah. Yeah, and That's- testing testing it. You know, try, try it out. See if changing this particular way of living and understanding the world because of what you read and understood in Scripture. See if it works out for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, just, it's just great how, how obvious it is. We have to be really, really digging into Scripture all the time. We have to. You can reveal that something is untrue mm-hmm. by seeing something that is true. And that's uh, that, that's always a helpful principle as well, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like that question of you know, well, how do you know? How do you know you've got the right God? Do you would you really need to test every single option if you find the one that's true? <laughs> you don't keep searching, right? So I I think here you've got this to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Also, is this hint, of course, that, like you said, love about the spirit that this is this is a dynamic experience as well. Right, uh, becoming knowledgeable of the truth, knowledgeable in the sense sense of both wrapping your head around it intellectually, and in the older English sense, 
carnally, carnal knowledge, as a sort of intimate love, um, becoming knowledgeable of Scripture, yeah. intellectually and emotionally, deeply, is a process that involves the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being, and being changed by the Holy Spirit mm. to be able to get it. I, I think this really calls to, calls to mind for me this sort of, it's really, uh, I, I hear it all the time, people saying, well, every scripture verse can be interpreted, Bible can be interpreted so many different ways, so right. how can we even really know right. what it means? Um, and and they did, they'll just kind of like throw some complications in and say, well, it's been, this has had different interpretations, so we can't really, we don't really know. Mm. And it's actually like, I feel like that's like disguise for really lazy thinking. It's totally right. lazy thinking. And it's a way of saying, it's a way of kind of distancing ourselves from the authority of God. Absolutely. Um, and saying, well, you know, I don't know. And, um, and dig deeper. So why would you why would you want to undermine Scripture? Or who would want you to undermine Scripture? <laughs> you know, say, well, you know, Jesus has this thing, like, just take a stick and, you know, one pair of sandals and only three cloaks. And then he says, like, take two cloaks and no bag. And then he says, have a bag, but then one stick. And then, you know, so then, well, so it's inconsistent. We can't trust any of it. And then some scholar goes, yeah, or it could have been two different conversations, and you're like, oh, okay. So, and there, or, therefore, I need a a garage full of cars. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And therefore, I can't trust this thing that says, insert thing I don't want to do. Yeah, um, that's right. Well, and there's an like that like again back to the whole council of scripture thing. There's an overarching tenets of our understanding of Jesus and his word, like love, humility, um, all of those kinds of things where you can go, this doesn't sound super loving to Mm. me. And, and also judgment. And so I think, yeah, I I think there's a a real need for people to be in the word, to understand all of it, to understand the big message of what he's Mm. trying to, to say to us and then live accordingly. So who is Satan trying to supplant then as the educator? If Satan's going to become our educator, he's trying to supplant the Holy Spirit. Right. It's God himself. Right. That's right. Um, which is your spiritual worship. <laughs> and so what kind of life here, you know, in verse, verse 1, where to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, there's that interesting thing. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about the mind quite a bit already, but, but Romans 12 has body and mind. And there's another little trick of Satan. Oh, well, you know, the body and the mind are separate right. things. Yeah. You see this in, in the notion of Gnosticism, mm-hmm. which yeah. is quite prevalent in, in Corinth and other places in the New Testament. As you both know, you get, uh, you get two, two errors that are equal and opposite. Mm-hmm. And error number one would be, okay, my mind and my body, those are wholly different things. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, beat the body and conform the body until the body becomes holy. I'm going to whip my body into shape, literally. Right. Thrash it and hurt it mm-hmm. and, and restrain the flesh, and that will make me holy. And you get another group of people who say, oh, okay, the body and the mind are completely separate. And so really what matters is how I think, and my body is, is it doesn't matter. Matter doesn't matter. And so I'm going to sleep around. I'm going to eat whatever I like. I'm going to make myself really ill. I'm going to yeah. take, take all these things. Um, the main thing is, of course, that my mind is still holy. Yeah, yeah. And those are two equal opposite errors. Mm. Thinking either we can discipline the body and make it perfect or thinking that the body doesn't matter at all. Because actually, 
your body and your mind are all part of one thing that contains the image of God, that bears the image of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so what we're called to do here then is, is not only to know God in the mind, but also to know him in the body. Or orthodoxy and orthopraxy, right? Mm. Uh, right thinking and right practice. Yeah. I think that's the, those two have to go together. It's sort of interesting that Satan does a physical test for Jesus here to prove uh-huh. a spiritual reality. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we'll throw him, well, throw yourself off here, and that will prove. Yeah. That'll prove that you're, you can, you can prove your identity. That's another sermon, right? Uh, we're going to have so many. Uh, so many. And that's the issue with this series, I think. That's what was so hard about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that, like, um, it's it's going to be challenging to separate one sermon from the next, but that was the challenge with the series on the cross too, because like mm. everything is connected to everything. Truth is unified. Um, and so when we are uh, trying to, when we're trying to discover and parse out different aspects of the truth, we're going to be saying the same thing and repeating mm-hmm. occasionally. But um that's because if you follow all the strands up, uh, you're eventually going to come to uh, the same source when you're talking about truth. Um, and that is, that is the son of righteousness himself. Crescendo. Wow, they really showed up for him. They agree. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Los Yetis. I mean, that's another way, of course, you can always test truth. Yeah. For Los Yetis. Yeah, did the Los Yetis show up or not? If they did, you're probably onto something. I think that's the lie that you were talking about. At the <laughs> oh, yeah, of there it is. Podcast. <laughs> so there really was a stink bug on my microphone. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. Thank you for joining the four of us, Ben, Kat, me, and the stink the bug. Stink bug. And uh, we'll see you all very soon.